0: Everyone at some point in their life has been hurt. That, sadly, is unavoidable. What is avoidable is how we respond because unresolved hurt and wounds in our life make us bitter, vindictive, they cause us to isolate, and more importantly, they eventually cause us to change. They change us. They make us into something we never planned to be. They make us into something that we don't like and no one else does either. So the question is, how do we know if that's happening to us?
1: Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm so glad that you clicked on this video. It is going to be a great episode. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I would ask you go ahead and like this video. You can comment any thoughts or questions you have down below, and then also subscribe to the channel. Uh, we come out with podcasts every Wednesday morning at eight a.m. And if you're listening on Spotify, that's awesome. Glad you're glad you're listening there. Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so today we're talking about a subject that everybody knows and will understand, yep. Because we all deal with relationships. We all have people in our life, mm-hmm. and from time to time, there is hurt that happens in relationships. It's just part of living yeah. life on a fallen planet with people who are not yet perfect. There will be, from time to time, misunderstandings, breakdowns, communication, and there will be unintended and sometimes intended hurt that happens in our life. Mm -hmm. So that you cannot escape. Jesus follower or not, it will happen. The question is, what do you do when that happens? Because Jesus offered, not offered, He taught a lot of truth about how we deal with relationships. And then he showed us how you deal with relationships. He showed us what to do when another party is uh, uninterested and has walked away and is angry and uninterested in you. That's what he came pursuing us. in. we were that party.
1: Exactly, And I mean, that is the hardest part of relationships is the factor of forgiving and then the factor of... Uh, what do you do after that? Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Do you do you forgive and act like nothing ever happened, or do mm-hmm. you forgive and then what? You yeah. know, or
0: do you have to put yourself back into that relationship, exactly. and be wounded again? Those are all great questions yeah. uh, and things we have to talk through. But, but Jesus understood this. He understood what it was, what it meant to be rejected, mm-hmm. to face disappointment, to be mistreated, to yeah. be falsely accused, to be deeply wounded. Yeah.
1: Have people turn on him?
0: Yes. Stuff. But what you don't find is Jesus leaving life on planet earth angry and bitter and wounded and say never again.
1: I can't believe Peter (laughs) denied me three times. I'm out of here. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I'm I'm done with this. So uh, Jesus dealt with the realities of of life and showed us how to respond, what we should Mm -hmm. do. So it's totally understood and recognized that, yes, relational pain is deep sometimes. Mm -hmm. And when it is um, personal and very strong that pain that hurt it left unresolved can change us it mm-hmm. it touches such a deep part of who we are if if we leave it unresolved unforgiven and unhealed it actually causes a change to happen in us mm-hmm. and i've done a lot of work over the time over the years in dealing with personality types a lot of research and reading mm-hmm. and personality profiles and when it comes to personality profiles what's interesting is for most people, you can take a profile when you're ten, when you're twenty, when you're forty, and when you're eighty, and they're still basically going to be the same. Yeah. That personality profile, because that's that's your personality. Yeah. Unless someone has been through a very deep hurt or pain and has not found resolve for that, it has the potential to actually change their personality type. Oh. It changes them, changes them deep inside. Yeah. Because, so, because
1: in those times, whenever hurt happens, it it truly can be um, like life altering. Exactly, it can, it's it's course setting. You know, we yeah. talked about that in youth recently about how you know even even whenever you make a comment, a degrading comment towards someone, and you just try to kind of tag it with "oh, it was just joking." You know, whenever mm. you do that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, to the person who's saying it they've just kind of dismissed it all of a sudden, but to the yeah. person who received it, it yeah. it can truly be an altering uh, yeah. experience for them. You know, like everyone has the experience of whenever they're young and they're playing sports or something like that. And yeah. you shoot a basketball and it's terrible, bad mm. shot. And someone's like, Oh, you're the worst. You're like, well, I'm never doing that again. You know? <laughs> and so that's obviously just a lighthearted example yeah. of what that is. Yeah. But
0: yeah, the scripture points out other examples of people who experienced a wound. Um, and it, unhealed, it it fundamentally changed them. Yeah. So the most extreme example of that is an angel who in heaven is close to God. He, In fact, from what we read in scripture, he is responsible for uh, the worship and praise of heaven. And that angel is Lucifer. And he has this role in heaven. But at one point, the Bible says, his heart changes toward God and he becomes envious of this worship, envious Mm -hmm. of this praise and wanting it for himself. And so he is offended and wounded, not because of anything God has done, but because of his perception. And as a result, unhealed, it changes him fundamentally. And he is removed from heaven. He leaves heaven, takes a third of the angels with him Mm -hmm. and becomes Satan, the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. Here was a wound, not even intentional by anyone, Mm -hmm. but perceived on his part that so fundamentally changes him that he takes a third of heaven with him, the angel of heaven with him. So yes, hurt, unresolved, intended, unintended, left in the heart, unresolved, unhealed, has the power to change us. So uh, for you and I, it has large implications. I'm sure we know times in our life where a wound happened and left unresolved. We noticed it began to change us or we know people who were wounded deeply and you said, man, they're not the same person they used to be. Mm-hmm. They, they went through so much pain in their life. Um, pain can do that, but especially unresolved pain will do that. Yeah. And when that happened, sadly, the person begins to identify with their wound. They they become their wound. That's yeah. all they're about is their wound, their hurt, they're, how they're mistreated, how they were falsely accused, how they were uh, insulted, how they were belittled, how they were taken from. And that wound is not just something that happened to them. The wound becomes who they are. And it's a sad place mm-hmm. um, because you end up in a place of darkness and bondage and you you, you can't help but in that place hurt other people and only think about your wound. yeah. And this is what Jesus came to free us from. He yeah. came to set the captives free, not just from a, the theological concept mm-hmm. of sin, but from the realities of wow. our own sin and wrong belief and hurt and those who've been enslaved and those who are held by their wounds.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think of that that phrase that says, we become our wound. It's, I mean, that's an identity statement. You know, yeah, this, this is true. now who I am. And again, like we know, and we've talked about many times on this podcast, that's Jesus came to give us a new identity. Yeah. You know, it's that we would no longer be defined by yep. something that's happened to us or something that we did or something that we thought we were, you know, right. but that it, would, it wouldn't just be like, Oh, and he's come to just kind of be like a buddy alongside you in your womb. But <laughs> oh, no, he's no. come to literally give you a brand new identity.
0: Yeah, and to free you from that. Yes. Uh, we will experience hurts and wounds, but we can be freed from those wounds becoming us. Yeah. Um, Jesus, after the resurrection, came back. And when Thomas asked to see his hands, Mm-hmm. Jesus showed him that they were the wounds were still there but the wounds were healed Jesus didn't identify with his wounds they were part of who he was but they only furthered the story of his resurrection the proof so that he is alive and he was no longer defined by his wounds got to make a note of that remember <laughs> that for later yep so um when it comes to our own wounds the thing about this power that they have unhealed to to change us is that that change happens and sometimes we don't even realize it exactly it's happening at the core of who we are it's it's happening in our emotions it's happening in our mind but it's happening deeper than that within us and it can be so deceptive that we don't realize the change is happening uh, because we we're in it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're part of it and it's happening in us. So Mm -hmm. we don't have the ability to step outside ourselves and see (laughs) what we were and who we are. We just perceive it as this is who we've always been. This is, this is me. I am my wound. So for that reason, it's important to sometimes take a moment and step back, ask God, and maybe even ask some key people in our lives and, allow our own heart to be seen in the mirror of God's word yeah. to see, is there is there a change that's happened to me that I'm not aware of? Is yeah. there a wound that has actually caused me to not be who I used to be?
1: Yeah,
0: Am I walking in bondage today? Because sadly, most people who are walking in bondage don't realize they're walking in bondage. Yeah. That's part of the deception of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the, just the deceptive nature of our own flesh. Mm-hmm. So, and hopefully you've been asking those questions and that's why you're watching this stuff. <sighs> that's true, that's true. So today we're gonna to talk about 10 symptoms, 10 ways that there might be evidence that you have a wound that's unresolved in your life. Yeah. And um, any one of these or, or any combo of these are worth stopping yeah. and reviewing and asking God, God, is there is there an unhealed wound in my life that yeah. I need to run to you with. So that's the purpose of, of, our, of our time today is let's talk about these symptoms and let's just see, um, let's see what, what God has to say about our heart in the yeah, process. Absolutely. We're gonna look at scripture for every one of these. This is what we do. Uh, we see what the Bible has to say yeah. about it. So here we go. Here's the first symptom that maybe you have unresolved wounds in your life. Number one, you have an argumentative, cynical, and sarcastic presence yeah <laughs> this is um this is what you do this is who you are you mm-hmm. you kind of thrive on the argument you thrive on um sarcasm and you carry a cynical view of, mm-hmm. of life and so you didn't just make up these three words but you're actually getting this out of
1: scripture <laughs> yeah you know? so
0: let me read a couple of verses out of ephesians 4 31 32 He says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Mm -hmm. These are all words that describe a heart that has been wounded and is still carrying the wounds. Mm -hmm. As a result, there is a hardness, a, a bitterness to their words, their perspective, and their heart. Like you would maybe eat something bitter and it's distasteful in that moment. A wound unhealed is a causes our words to have this bitter taste to them. They all have a sting to them. They all come out with a, a bite to them. And so, when he says, "Let all of bitterness and wrath, uh, this edginess, this anger, this sense of I'm, I'm tense, I'm frustrated, uh, clamor and evil speaking words that come out uh, intended to bite, words that come out intended to to jab and to make a point and to dig," uh, all of those. With that intention, he says, let that all be put away from you. Instead, he says, be kind to one another and tender-hearted. So if there's a wound left in your heart, mm-hmm. it will prevent you from being tender-hearted. You, yeah. you can't feel what someone else feels because you're so caught up in the pain you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. A tender-hearted person is aware of another person's need. But a wounded hearted person is aware of their need. And mm-hmm. so they listen and they observe and they interact with other people based on their wound.
1: Yeah. And again, whenever you become your wound, which again is I'm probably gonna be saying that a whole lot yeah. just to draw it back yep. Yep. to this. Whenever you become your wound and you're argumentative, cynical, sarcastic, like every everything in your life is a battle all of a sudden. True. And and you're always um in desperate need to win. Yeah. Because you you are your wound, but you don't really want to be your wound. So you're trying to prove to everyone that you're not your wound. Yep. And so you're
0: trying to win. And protect yourself from being wounded again. Exactly. So yeah. I have to win every interaction. Every argument. A, yeah, yeah. Every interaction is a battle mm-hmm. and I must win every one of them. Yeah.
1: And you'll do whatever it takes.
0: Cut That's through. true. <laughs> it's true. And the assumption is, is that every interaction is that yeah there there are no safe places there are no Mm -hmm. um places that don't have to be won they're all battlefronts yeah exactly that's a sad that's a sad place it's a a
1: pain-filled place it is
0: you can see why jesus would say i've I've come to set the captives free yeah because if you're in that place you're you're captive you're captive to your wound yeah
1: and you're doing whatever you can to just be like hey don't touch this I'm going to literally do whatever I can to yep. almost cause this wound in you. <laughs> yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah. You 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 end up living knives out. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Uh, number two, your unhealed wounds are always at the forefront of your life. Mm-hmm. In James five sixteen it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So, here, it, this, is a, this is again one of the first letters historically written in the New Testament about believers and how they're to gather and relate to one another. And he says it should be with this context of when you meet together, there should be this openness and vulnerability and honesty where you confess your weaknesses and your failings to one another. And you pray for one another. You don't mm-hmm. You don't use those things to attack one another. You don't use those things to hurt exactly. one another. You use those things as opportunities to pray for one another. And when you do, when there's that kind of vulnerability, honesty, and humility, he says, the result is there'll be healing. That's, that's what ought to be happening. Yeah. But if you are carrying a wound from something that someone has done to you once or repeatedly, and it's not, Confessed and prayed for, then there's been no healing. Yeah, and sadly, you you carry around then an open wound. Yeah, Uh, if you've ever had an open wound on your arm or leg before, whether it be from a scrape, (laughs) you know, sliding into second in in softball, softball. Uh Uh, or if it's from a cut, if it's from Mm -hmm. whatever else happened, and there's an open wound on your arm and it's not ever healed, then we all know what happens. We get very sensitive to protecting Mm -hmm. that wound. If it's your leg from a slide into second base, uh, man, you're going to guard your leg because every time someone bumps it, touches it, it hurts. Yep. And even if you see someone coming near you, you start You're getting aware. protective exactly. of your of your wound. You don't want anyone to touch you. Like, hey, whoa, 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 watch mm-hmm. out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Mm-hmm. Natural. But when wounds happen in our soul, it become the same way. Mm-hmm. We become, hey, 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 back off. What are you what are you doing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that we become that way in our relationships and it's always in the forefront of our life. We always mm-hmm. think about our wound. We always think about someone could hurt me. We always think about mm-hmm. what could happen if someone bumps up against me. So we become very guarded, very sensitive. And that's a sad place to exist.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of times what happens in that, whenever there's an open wound uh, in our lives and you know we we just live this way constantly, it's, it's easy to assume, well, this is just how it's always going to be. Right. Well, this is, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm always going to carry this. This is... Right. This is who I am, right? Mm -hmm. I have become, Mm -hmm. this is one with me, you know, and I'm carrying this forever. And you lose sight of of even the idea that there could be healing for it. That's true. And so from this verse, you have the solution of that you may be healed, Mm. that there is a resolve to this. Mm -hmm. You don't have to walk around wounded all the time yeah. and always cautious of whatever's whoever's in your life and there's always kind of this stiff arm mentality mm. but that there is healing by way of confessing and praying mm-hmm. and having others pray for you and mm-hmm. others encourage you along the way for actual healing
0: yeah it's true it's huge number 3 you are critical and often talk about others faults Uh, An unhealed heart will replay the wound and the pain that happened. Proverbs 17, nine says he who covers a transgression seeks love. In other words, a person who uh, doesn't keep repeating a matter, but wants to put it, put it aside, Mm -hmm. uh, let it, let it be healed and forgiven. He who covers a transgression seeks love, seeks to restore relationship, but, he who repeats a matter separates friends mm. to keep the issue alive, to keep bringing it up, to keep repeating it. What that has is the, the destructive power to separate friends. It doesn't have the effect of creating unity. It, it creates division. You keep repeating it, and then it causes greater division. So, you know, you tell you tell. Not just the person who hurt you, what happened, but you start going and telling other people what they did to you. And they did this to me, and they did this to me, and they did this to me. Well, the more you do that, you're separating friends. You're yeah. causing more strife. And sadly, the outlook, their outlook just becomes jaded. Yeah. Everybody is out to get me. Everybody yeah. is uh, the problem. Yeah. That's a sad place to be. Yeah.
1: And again, I mean, whenever... You have, have I'm saying it again, whenever you have become your wound, Mm -hmm. that's the only logical, seemingly logical place to go is this is who I am. Therefore, I've got to cover myself all in my own strength. Mm -hmm. I've got to go and make sure no one else, you know, sees me weak, Mm -hmm. but I need to be strong. You know, like I'm going to make myself look better to others by going and talking About how bad these other people are and Mm -hmm. what these other people did, so that I won't be wounded by these people.
0: Yeah, and I can maybe for a little while make myself feel better. Yeah, yeah, it does because they'll
1: give me a little bit of sympathy. (laughs) You know, those people didn't.
0: Yeah, true. Maybe number four, you struggle with intimacy with God and others. Mm -hmm. We were designed for uh, intimacy, for being known and knowing or being known, fully known by God and fully knowing God. And to have relationship with people in our life where we are fully known Mm -hmm. and we know them fully. Yeah,
1: to have depth in relationships and not just surface level.
0: Correct. And so Jesus said that there is a correlation and a connection between forgiveness and your ability to have that kind of intimacy, not just with people, but even with God. Mm-hmm. and it's often a confusing verse, but it's very pointed where Jesus says in Matthew 6.15, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Whew. But um, We have to understand that in light of other verses, of course, in Scripture. Mm-hmm. This is not saying that if you hold someone with resentment and lack of forgiveness that you lose your salvation. That's not at Mm -hmm. all the point here because we know um, we are saved by grace through faith that not of works.
1: Yeah. And then it's also not just because you forgave someone, then you're saved.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But what Jesus is saying is that there is a connection, a correlation between walking in forgiveness with God and giving forgiveness with others. Mm -hmm. And so we know from the rest of the New Testament that we are called to forgive in the same way we've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. And so if we're choosing to not forgive other people and we hold them in bitterness and demanding that they pay us back and we want revenge and we want to make, make them pay, then you won't know forgiveness and peace with them and you're really limiting yourself to no peace and forgiveness with God. You you can't because you have entered into this "you owe me" mentality. Exactly. And it, it, once you allow that "you owe me" in your heart, it doesn't just take up one room. No. It doesn't current. just take up a closet. It takes it destroys over your house. It, it's basically. a cancer, and <laughs> yeah. it will it'll it's it'll take over the entire house. Mm-hmm. And so, not only will you think that way toward an individual, you'll start thinking that way toward People, and then you'll start thinking that way toward God. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to know and understand real intimacy with God and forgiveness, then you have to practice forgiveness exactly. with other people.
1: Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, that verse, it is very weighty. You mm. know, Matthew six fifteen again, mm-hmm. just to repeat the ending, it says, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Mm. That's huge. It you is. Know? And, and the way in which we know that we are understanding the forgiveness that we have from our father, from Mm. God is by how we forgive and interact with others. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if we are living our lives where we're holding everything against another person that they've done to us, how, how can you be like, but I know God's forgiven me, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. And then again, another thing that Jerry Phillips here says a lot is that word intimacy, mm-hmm. you know, the point being you struggle with intimacy with God whenever you have become your wound. Mm. Uh, he says a, a good and easy reminder for the definition of intimacy Yeah, as he says, into me, see, you mm-hmm. know, great. It's yeah. easy to remember. Exactly. But it's that idea of with, whenever there's intimacy, there's no, oh, but let me hide this part. Mm. Let me reserve this. Mm. Let me hold back. You can come only this far, but intimacy is a full, here is my life to your life. And that's yeah. what intimacy with God is. Yeah. And whenever you are holding your wound mm. as to this is who I am, then there can't be intimacy because yeah. you're saying this far, no further.
0: Yeah, it's true. All right, number five, um, indicator that you may have a wound that's unhealed in your life is you have a very small amount of patience with others. Yeah. In other words, you have a very small reservoir of mm-hmm. being able to forgive. You forgive some, but it's quickly used up. Um, uh, I think if you if you've ever had a gasoline weed eater, you know that it has a very small, <laughs> <laughs> you know, tank on it. Of course, it, yeah. it doesn't use a whole lot at a time, but it's it doesn't last all day long. No. Or if you use an electric one, you try, That's or you got a battery operated yeah. weed eater. That thing goes out. Uh-huh. It's not meant to last all day, and you have to go back and recharge it. Yeah. Someone who has become their wound um, usually has a very small battery life when it comes to to patients, and so. You, you see this pictured in a story that Jesus told about a woman who was pouring out very costly ointment on him and it was an act of worship. And the Pharisees were offended by this woman who was being so extravagant with her love for Jesus and what she was sacrificing um, that Jesus responded to them. And he said, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, This was a woman who had much sin and Jesus had forgiven her. And he says, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. There is Mm -hmm. another correlation between the amount of what you believe you've been forgiven and the amount of love that you have for God and for other people. Mm -hmm. And if you believe you have been forgiven much, then you will love much. You will know what you have been forgiven and released from, set free from, and that transformation spills over into how you relate to other people. If you know God has been merciful to you, you'll be merciful to others. Mm -hmm. You know that if God has been extraordinarily gracious to you when you didn't deserve it, you will be extraordinarily gracious to others because um, they didn't deserve it. So, But if you believe somehow that uh, you've, you've earned a little bit of this or that you haven't really been forgiven of much, then you'll end up with a very small reservoir in which to show patience with other people. And a little patience can be an indicator that there's a wound still in your life because that wound is demanding your full attention. Mm-hmm. Number six, you want to be the one who makes others pay for what they did to you. You want to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. You want to you want to see what they did, call them out for what they did, make them pay, for, or be the one who determines what the payment ought to be, yeah. and then be the one to make sure it happens. Yeah. And we are, if we do that, we're assuming a role that God Himself oh gosh, has yeah. said that's that's not your place. That's my role. Exactly. And we are stepping over into His His lane in that moment. Uh, Romans 12, 19 through 21 says, beloved, in other words, those who have been loved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So, if you have been offended, accused, hurt, wounded, we are not to take up. A- the charge for avenging that ourselves. doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be some avenging. God says, give some space and I will take care of it in my time and in my way. And that means I have to release by faith the need, the desire to make someone else pay. And he goes on to that same set of verses and says, here's how you do that. Therefore, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. So if you notice the one who has taken from you, offended you, been cruel to you, instead of attacking them when they're down, instead of making them pay, when you notice actually that they are in a time of need... Be the one to be gracious. Do the opposite. Don't don't take more. In fact, yeah. give. If they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. For in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head. Mm-hmm. Then he makes a statement. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't let that rush of adrenaline and the flesh that says, Make them pay, get yeah. them now kick them while they're down, Mm -hmm. jab them while you can. Don't Mm -hmm. be overcome with that. Don't be a slave to that. Instead, Mm -hmm. be overcome with the good that says, no, this is the time to be patient. This is the time to be kind. This is the time to actually meet their need, Mm -hmm. not kick them while they're down.
1: Yeah, and again, I think it's so awesome, again, to have, if you're able to have that mindset, you know, that if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, And it's not like you're doing that because you think so like, oh, I'm so scared of this person. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, what if they do this to me? But it's like, no, I'm doing this in a very calculated manner. I'm I'm doing this in a way that very intentionally says, I know that there's disdain towards me, Mm -hmm. but I'm still going to, you know, extend my hand to you. Basically, I'm still offering help to you. And like it says, you know, heaping coals of fire on his head. Mm. That's that's another very intense way of wording mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. and overcoming evil with good. I mean, that's just such a beautiful picture Yeah, doing that. Uh, not, not in a way of like, you're afraid of that person. So I right. need to do these things, but in a way of like, this actually is what communicates good and truth best. And this yeah. is what
0: communicates the character of God. Yeah. It doesn't deny that the pain happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it yeah. says do not avenge yourselves. Well, there's mm-hmm. a clear indicator something happened. Mm-hmm. Something very painful, yeah. egregious, unfair happened. It didn't it shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, don't be the one to become the judge and jury and executioner. Yeah. God says, let me let me take care of this situation. So it's an it's the ultimate act of faith. Yep. When I've been offended and wounded, to not be the one to pick up the sword myself, but mm-hmm. instead say, God, you are my defender. Mm-hmm. You are the vin- my vindicator. You yep. will take care of this situation in your time, in your way, yeah. and your ways are higher than mine. Yep. And so we good. rest in that. So good. Number seven, you live with constant self-criticism and you hear the words of others as criticism. Jesus said in Luke 6:37 Judge not and you shall not be judged condemn not and you shall not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven Jesus is saying if you live with a an attitude of judgment and condemnation toward other people there's a there's a return on that mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a payback on that. Mm-hmm. Is that. It's almost like you reap what you sow. <laughs> exactly. It will come back on you. Yeah. It'll come back on you from other people, but it also comes back in your own heart and mind. Yeah. You live condemning other people. You just, every time you do that, you're cranking the volume up on the condemnation yeah. Yeah. voice in you. Exactly. And it comes back on you.
1: Yeah.
0: And you live that way. And so when you don't know peace out there... By your choices, mm-hmm. then you won't know peace in here, no, and the right. other is true as well. When yep. you live with no peace in here, you'll live with no peace out here. You actually mm-hmm. create that. You you give off criticism, exactly. and you live with this heavy self criticism. And mm-hmm. the thing about this one is, no one can no one can know this about yeah. you, but you know this about you. Yeah. You know if you live with your inner critic being the loudest voice in your head who all the time is telling yep. you, man, you're such a loser. What, mm-hmm. You're an idiot. You see what you did? Man, you messed up again. You're never doing enough. That's not great. That's not good enough. You're never going to be be right. You've you made know, a failure of this whole situation. You are a failure. That's that's the inner critic. Yeah. And Jesus said, if you keep up a, a critic view in life toward other people, you're only amping up the critic inside exactly. you, exactly, and that's a sad place to live, and it's just, destructive. Yeah. yeah, just to live beating yourself up continually. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That you, when that's going on, you're not sleeping good at night. Mm-hmm. You're not effective during the day. Your relationships are struggling because you're you, you're bound up listening to the inner critic. Mm-hmm. It's Sad from your wounds, from the wound. Because not the not wound. just
1: like oh, all of a sudden I just somehow <sighs> start thinking negatively.
0: Yeah, because Jesus said, if you forgive, you'll be forgiven. Yeah. If you start forgiving, you will start experiencing great forgiveness in your own yeah. life exactly. or release. Yeah. If you, yeah. but if you carry the wound, if you are your wound, and you are making sure others pay, you'll you'll make sure you pay too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number mm-hmm. eight, you. Surround yourself with the company of other wounded people. Uh, Hebrews twelve fourteen and 15 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this, many become defiled. When we allow uh, a seed of hurt or a wound to remain in us and we identify with it, a root begins to go deep into our heart, and then that root begins to spring up toward the surface, and this passage says that there's a result. He says it will cause trouble in you, and with others, and many will become defiled. Yeah, many. They will be poisoned by it because Mm -hmm. the root shows up with some fruit and it cracks above the soil and it begins to spread and it Mm -hmm. takes over. And all of a sudden, that person begins this pursuit of finding other people who are hurt like them. Now, you probably recognize this if you've been, uh, if you're, if you're in tune with what's happening, maybe in a work environment or your community, or if you've seen it in a church, Mm -hmm. I know you've seen it through it in student ministry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead.
1: It's just wild how like, again, with school starting back right now, I was just talking with my wife about how even at youth here, you know, it's like instantly like spirits attract like spirits, you know, people just form groups quickly, Yep. but even more so, you know, thinking about, uh, like the schools and all that stuff. It's like, how in the world does day one, every kid who is wounded, yep. just find the other kid that's yep. wounded? Yep. Yeah. Just yeah. instantly. There could be
0: thousands of people in the yeah. school, uh huh, but they 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 sense each other. They, they know who the other yeah. wounded people are.
1: Same thing goes for youth camps. Same thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, all of that that's stuff. True. It's just like day one, people instantly are like, I need to surround myself with people mm-hmm. who are like me.
0: Yeah. You know, and it happens to adults. It happens yeah. in the work environment. It happens in churches. It happens mm-hmm. in a community, wounded people find wounded people yeah. and they get together and they start telling about their wounds. Yeah, That's what they're known as. That's what they've got. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. Because yeah, I was going to say it's because who, that's who they've become. That's who they've become. Yes. So that they say, one,
1: who else, who else has the same identity as me? It's like, it's like looking for someone who shares the
0: same hobby. Basically, that's <laughs>
1: How it's seen almost like, yeah. oh, you've been hurt. I'm hurt too. Yeah. You know,
0: let's get together and talk about our hurts. Yeah. With and, no and resolve. <laughs> it, exactly. And so, it's sad. And so, mm-hmm. you, you know, it kind of begs the question of maybe just stop and look and see who's around yeah. you. Who have you gathered yourself who with? Are your who, friends? who are your friends? Yeah. They they will tell a lot about who you are. Yeah. And so, um, this could be one of the indicators that you are nursing and carrying wounds much longer than have needed to be the case and so much so that the wounds have become you. Number nine, you keep faith in a separate compartment from your life. So Jesus tells this um, this short story, makes this powerful truth. He says, if you bring your gift to the altar, And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Jesus was putting together, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. He he did not separate those two with a a wall or put Mm -hmm. them in boxes. Mm -hmm. He says, no, if you're gonna love me, with all your heart, then if you come to bring something to me and there you remember that there is a broken relationship, then you should leave that gift there. Don't even finish offering your gift without going to try to reconcile, to do what you can do to reconcile that relationship. He said, these are these are important. These are what we do. We, these are not separate. These are together. The implication is that there are those who come to the altar, acknowledge that there are broken relationships, that they have not taken the mm-hmm. steps to reconcile, and they recognize it, but they go on and worship anyway. Tough. He's like, ah, well, that doesn't have anything to do with this. I'm gonna keep on loving God right now. Mm-hmm. And so they create a division right there. They compartmentalize and yeah. say, that has nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Broken relationship has nothing to do with my worship. And Jesus says, no, they have everything to do with one another. And so an indication that you have become your wound is you have started separating those two things from one another. And you have this um, trail of broken relationships that you've done nothing to try to reconcile, and yet you carry on with your worship as though it has nothing to do with all of that. That's a scary place to be in denying reality and compartmentalizing your faith. Then finally today, the last indicator that you may have become your wound is that you live in a prison of you owe me. Yeah. Jesus also tells a story about a man, it's a parable about a man who owed a great debt so much so that were he to spend the rest of his life Attempting to pay it back, he never could. Yeah, He goes and begs the master to forgive him of his debt because he's called to account for it. And the master agrees and forgives him of this massive debt. Mm-hmm. Jesus goes on to say in this parable that the man went out from there and instead of doing for others what was done for him, he found everybody that owed him minuscule amounts of money and began demanding that they pay him back and threatening them in which then the original master calls him back in and says, what are you doing? And as a result, it says in Matthew 18, 34 and 35, that the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. That's very interesting scenario. He's put in a prison, and he is going to be tortured there, not because of the original debt. Yeah. That was forgiven. But he's kept there until everybody else that owed him pays the debt. And That's crazy. Mm-hmm. How are they ever going to pay the debt? Because he's in prison, mm-hmm. and they probably aren't even interested in paying off the debt anymore. Yeah. How does he ever get out of that prison, there's only one way he could. It would be by releasing all of those people from their debt, Mm. by forgiving them. But because he would not, he stays tortured. He lives in the prison of you owe me. And so if we live with that same mentality, then everybody who hurts us, we keep a tally list on. And we say, they did this to me, they owe me. They did this to me. They really owe me. This person did this and boy, do they owe me and I will make sure that they pay. You're putting yourself in a prison in that moment and you are torturing yourself and the enemy is torturing you because you're living in a prison in that moment and the way to freedom is through forgiveness by remembering what was done for you. A massive debt was forgiven you. So, as we come to the end of these 10, it becomes this moment of, okay, wait a minute. I need to think through now. Yeah. Are these some symptoms that are true of my life? Are these some things that have happened that I'm doing that maybe has actually started changing who I am into something I, I never wanted to be? Yeah. And as a result, you recognize my heart is really not at rest. And I feel like I'm carrying this weight. I feel like I'm being tortured. I feel like I'm in a prison. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I get it. Jesus said to people like us in that moment, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The way to finding freedom is not through making people pay more. Not through increasing the interest rate, Mm -mm. but by releasing them and by remembering what you've been released of. Jesus came to free us Mm -hmm. from a massive debt
1: that we could not pay.
0: And through the cross and his resurrection, that debt was paid. Mm -hmm. He invited us by faith. Once we realized we owed that debt to come and he forgives us. And now he says, let me, Heal your wound. I I know you've been hurt. I know it hurts. Let me be the one to protect your heart. Let me be the one who is your vindicator. Let me take care of that matter. for You trust me with that. Now you go and do what I've done for you. You love. You forgive. You be merciful. You be compassionate. I'll heal your heart in the process as you do. But if you keep on assuming the role of I'll make them pay. Then you'll keep hearing the voice of the torturer and you'll stay in the prison and you won't be a captive who's set free. So heartbreaking, but hopeful. Yeah. There's life. There is, there is a way
1: you can be healed.
0: You can be healed. You don't have to walk this way. No, this, this, list this podcast today is part of um part of a message series here at vertical called set free and as part of the series we're dealing with what it means to face hurt and how to be free from carrying mm-hmm. the wound so yep. uh, I would encourage you if this is if this has been helpful or revealing to you today I'd encourage you to check out our other messages yeah um, sermon
1: that just came out, and then the next sermon as well.
0: Yeah, um, dealing with that weight, so you can find real freedom, and um, you can you can truly know what it's like to be free in Christ and not have to carry the weight. This is what He invites us: come, yeah. come to Me, all you who are heavy laden, and 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 I will give you rest. I'll give you peace yeah. in your soul. We can find peace
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with Him and peace with others as well. Yeah. So. Um, I hope it's been helpful That's to you good. today. Uh, we're, we're, we are passionate to deal with the real life issues yeah. and bring scripture to bear into those moments, to bring the reality of Jesus into those moments so that we truly can live free. So anything else today, Drew? It's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Don't hold the grudges. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, join us here at Verticals. We keep lifting them up and living them out.